0: Welcome to the, 30 Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. Welcome,
1: Welcome to, to, to Make Matriarchy make Great, matriarchy great matriarchy Again. Matriarchy matriarchy matriarchy. again.
0: Thank you for joining us on the 34 Cersei Salon. This is our episode on the Matriarchies of Old Europe. In part four, we discuss the roots of warfare. How did warfare begin? Where did it come from? How did it start? Very controversial topic. Listen in as Vicky Noble, Don Sam Alden, and myself, Sean Marlon Newcomb, discuss. Well, what happened to the dream? Where did it go?
2: Well, what happened, crushed, I guess, us up. crushed beneath the boots of patriarchy we don't know enough about the uh the proto-indo-europeans and the indo-europeans uh we don't know enough i guess they haven't quite figured out everything uh enough archaeologically to make any great uh assessment of how, why they got so different and, and why the, the men went so berserk in those cultures. The intrusion of these Indo-European or Proto-Indo-European uh, intruders into the, the Bulgarian area, uh, a site called Varna that was a sea seaport uh, south of the Danube River, um, the, the intruders were male. Uh, Maria Gimbudis describes that in her uh, archaeological material. She uses the archaeology to talk about the Kurgan culture, as she named them, um, and the first wave that came in around 4500.
0: Uh, and- Vicky, can I ask you a question on this? There's something, this came up in a discussion. So we have intruders, we have these this, this group of male intruders coming in. Uh, we know that they're warlike. You are... You've been saying that, you know, what made the men behave this way in this particular group? But what I'm wondering f- in this case is there's been warfare and warriors all over the world. Were the, what made these guys distinct? Were they the earliest? Were they dis- the different ones? Was there a different uh, sex ratio? They're, What's that?
2: They're original. They are the earliest. They oh, these are the first people to uh-huh. organized war.
0: Okay. So the these were the first people to organize war. Uh,
2: Even organized war the way people think of it now with generals and grunts and all that, you know, it's not like that. They came on horseback. They, uh, they came individually. It seems they didn't bring women and they, um, and they had, there's some intermixing at that point with women from the, Uh, from the goddess culture but not a lot and 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 basically they displaced the and they did massacre some people uh, in the Varna area and that's an area where there were priestesses and they had a lot of gold uh, they're buried with and uh, and so there was a you know there definitely was a big disruption and it was cruel uh, but it was small, and it didn't leave a mark in the DNA record, if you understand how that works.
0: Well, if we can hold at that point, because I just want to stay on this point, because it was a point of interest uh, recently. There had been other examples of warfare throughout the world, uh, I believe.
2: Not that, prior,
0: not that early. Not prior to this. So what time frame are we talking about?
2: The fifth millennium right and so 45 yeah so 4, forty
0: five hundred and- um let me uh, essentially will you and i will come back to and don as well we'll come back to this because this was something that came up the argument that they had found earlier examples of warfare and skirmishes throughout the world prior to this and i thought what was distinct particularly about these invaders is that it was Almost a strategic kind of warfare. In other words, they were coming to destroy and also to steal. Really take steal, steal and take, and also steal wives, so to speak, or mates. That seemed to be what was distinct about that.
2: Yeah, that's true. Gosh, I wish I could put my hands on this one article. Oh, here it is. God. This is an article by David Anthony. He's a, a, just an excellent scholar, and I, I read everything he writes. He writes a lot about the domestication of horses and that kind of thing. This, this is called uh, Mating Networks and Indo-European Origins. And he, he, he uses language that is so detached that I sometimes just really have to stop reading and catch my breath. Um, because it's not, you know, it's not how I feel when I read this stuff. I feel identified with the women, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. So he's talking about mating networks could be, but we're not always, very large in scale, much larger than local dialects or material culture groups. They could have been the product of a combination of different mating behaviors, rape, concubinage, informal relations marriage (laughs) with the qualification that they were engaged in often enough to contribute visibly to the genetic admixture of the linked populations
0: because that's something that's coming out in the dna record yeah and i i I, the reason only reason i'm going at this in this detail is because i had been given in discussing this um some examples of well there's australian rock art from 10,000 years ago there's rock art there's art or depictions or examples of it in spain
2: up from up sorry no there's hunting
0: so the so the depictions in question it's questionable whether it's a hunting skirmish as opposed to or you're making a distinction as to a kind of defined structured warlike aggression
1: conquering uh, yeah conquering. Conquering.
2: A conquering yeah, yeah. Conquering. listen to what uh, Anthony says he talks about uh, uh, he talks about this as a practice found among many tribal societies it's a sustained slave raiding and concubinage between some linked populations I mean that was not happening before the fifth millennium so that's that's human trafficking exactly and then he said yeah. uh, this is, let me find my favorite. Uh, my favorite. A uh, quote unquote favorite, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, he talks about a site called Mycop that I've always been very interested in. They had a lot of gold and very interesting up in the steppes. If there was any Mycop gene flow into the Yamnaya, the Yamnaya are believed to be the ones who came into old Europe. I mean, we kind of know that now from the DNA.
0: Right. That's the conquering population, right? Yes. yes,
2: it could have been through a small number of Mycop females, whose thirty to forty percent Anatolian farmer ancestry was diluted in their descendants, and whose skeletons have not yet been found or analyzed. But he's saying that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't in general the Mycop population. It was the the women who were taken and uh, show right. up in the DNA of the. Yamnaya eventually and then the other thing he says about that hang on
1: and while you're looking for that I'm just going to make the comment that their skeletons have not been found which indicates perhaps a very different burial tradition where women's remains were not not revered
2: uh could be yeah I get what you're saying Uh uh-huh yeah Um, Okay, so here's the other thing that I was struck by. He's talking about all the ornaments that, uh, let's see, many ornaments of Balkan-derived copper reached the Volga, indicating some kind of exchange system or looting with Balkan partners. He always talks about partners, you know, they destroyed the Balkan culture, but anyway, Uh, He says, the largest copper assemblage from a 5th millennium BC site anywhere in the steppes uh, is what was found there, and most of it is argued to be Balkan in origin. Now, this is in Yamnaya graves. Uh, So then he talks about the Balkan copper, the exotic ornamental shells, long flint blades, polished stone maces, and perhaps people and animals were exchanged, get the word exchange, across the Pontic Caspian steppes, from Varna to Kavalsnik and uh, Svabondene between 4,500 and 4,200. So he sums it up in a sentence, you know, and then he talks about uh, later in the paper He says, so it is still possible that steppe people interacted as raiders and traitors. You know, it's that glamorizing, just like they glamorize the hunters in the hunters mentality. They glamorize the raiders and traitors. what's
0: his name again vicky can we have his name so that people can look it up and listen to it i don't
2: don't mean to put him down you know he's a wonderful scholar he's just oh no no i'm sure
0: i'm just saying just so people can look at it and see what you're saying and decide for themselves
2: david anthony david w anthony
1: great thank you
2: he's very credible and uh i respect him but i hate that Detached male language. Uh, right. They, the intellectuals do that. You know, they do it with a place called Ur, in uh, in Mesopotamia, in, when the first cities arose, which was really the rise of the state. And in the in that place, Ur, there was this death pit. They call it. They found, you know, eighty people that were killed, buried at the same time, and a lot of them were royal women brought from other places and. Uh, and and they talk about it. It was uh, James Woolley. It was a long time ago when he excavated. It's that old Victorian mentality. And he, he talked about the women, you know, going happily to their deaths. You know, no. you know it's just, oh. oh, God, I hate this. Oh. <laughs> and oh. so that's what we're up against. You know? it's <laughs> like nothing-
0: well, there, there is a strange, really almost adoration i hear especially when i hear people talking about the genetics and you hear the genetic patterns that come across where you have very clear example of these warrior tribes sweeping across the steps crushing all the men in a particular in these matriarchal cultures and then taking the women and you see that dna just like you talked about earlier and they sort of glorify that sex imbalance ratio as they call it so it's really just fascinating they, they make it sound as if it's these Powerful conquering men, and Dawn and I, we've we've joked about yeah, the different yeah. things I've heard where they say, "Well, maybe it's just that these guys were just so attractive."
1: Yeah,
2: that, you know, yeah, they were so manly <laughs> that these peaceful matriarchal women decided, "Oh boy, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly." Give me a man on a horse, ah
2: <laughs> But actually, as you're saying, Sean, now that we have the DNA evidence since about 2015, I think they know that. In around 3,000 BCE, at the end, toward the end of that whole period, uh, the uh, the DNA shows very clearly that the male farmer DNA was entirely erased from the from the DNA record. From Incredible! The DNA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and think I'm, of the the trauma exactly
1: right. of that moment. You know, of of the entire culture just being you know half of it massacred and the other half enslaved and brutalized
2: yeah well well oh. bosnia you know i mean really this is the yeah. beginning of the way war is waged where women are uh, a tool the rape of women is a strategy is a tactic in in the conquest of a people and right. the,
0: that, import- i think that's key for people to understand i think it's not it's not that you're saying that people haven't been violent at different points in time in history, but that there was something singular and significant about the way this played out. You have this beautiful, long lasting matriarchal culture and then suddenly a rupture Uh and a literal shift such that the world we live in now, I mean, when it's, this is the most fascinating part. The world we live in now is the heir to what these conquerors created And they created, and in such a way, they erase not just the male DNA, but the female cultural lineage. That we don't even believe these things could have existed before.
2: Yes, and the interesting work that many women researchers there have been some uh, really great uh, researchers who have looked into textiles and the whole tradition, uh, the long, long unbroken tradition of textiles from old Europe. All the way to the present day, in especially, I think, in Russia and the uh, the um, uh, what we used to call East Europe, Eastern Europe, you know, the Balkans mm-hmm. and so on, it, it uh, there are motifs that haven't changed at all or have been uh, somewhat stylized, maybe, same way sure. the Chinese language you know the written language uh started with pictographs and then was modified to the point where we see it today but it's actually all the same letters it's the same written language for 5000 years which is quite intriguing you can follow it back and the textiles in Europe uh you can do the same thing with uh, Mary E Mary B Kelly was the greatest uh of the textile women she she knew Maria Gimbudis' work very well, and she tracked it as she was doing her work following the textiles. And, you know, I think I said before that there were, if you pick up a tea towel in Hungary, you know, that's embroidered, it probably has some motifs on it that go all the way back 9,000 years. Wow. And they, you know, what we saw on the pottery is then translated into the embroideries and so on
1: and probably would have been on the textiles as well at the
2: time it's yeah. just that the, yeah. yeah they don't survive so Absolutely. and so it's yeah. uh, we think of it as you know obviously women's culture but also as a kind of code it's the the women's culture went underground we, we sometimes uh, talk about it as a substratum and mm-hmm. follow it all the way down and it's not just textiles, but it's an excellent way to see the motifs, but also in the uh, folk art and the folk dances and the rituals that are still celebrated, you know, by the young people mm-hmm. in uh, the the calendar rituals that are still celebrated in many parts, rural parts of Europe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of that is uh, is pretty unbroken from that long, long time ago. So they... They were ruined. Those cultures were ruined, and the art was not produced anymore in the sense of the pottery and so on. But uh, the people dispersed, uh, and and of course the women were taken. In this case, we're talking about women being taken back into the Yamnaya tribe. So they then uh, migrated all the way across Asia. So um, you know, there's so they find the Anatolian farmer DNA. In populations uh, that have gone east, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Why don't we Why don't we stop at that point? Because there is um, a lot that we can unpack about these movements and the genetics. And also, I think, especially for when we start to talk about and return to the story of the Amazons and the idea of the Amazons as a matriarchal resistance movement, this would be a good place to build upon it. So. Okay. This has been amazing. And oh my great.
1: goodness, so and amazing.
0: We'll certainly put this in different parts for people to digest, but I think especially all of this stuff is a great primer so that now we can move forward and tell some more fascinating stories about these particular matriarchs.
1: Thank you so much. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so Vicky. much, Vicki Noble. That was amazing. That was fun. Thank you,
2: guys. I love
0: And thank you, Dawn, as always. And, and thank, thank you all you, for Sean, listening. And
1: thank you, Sean. Absolutely. Take care, everyone, and blessed be. Yeah. Take care.